listening to NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. All right. Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday so far. The time 537. Thanks so much for tuning in here to NL Newsday. There have been some questions raised at the B.C. legislature recently about wait times for ambulances. There's also been a lot of talk about the number of overdose calls that paramedics are having to tend to and the impact that that has on their mental health. Well, to talk more about this, joined here by the president of the Ambulance Paramedics of BC, Troy Clifford. So, Troy, thank you so much for, for taking the time here. I, I really appreciate you joining the program. And uh, the one thing I wanted to start, uh, just because it seems to be a bit of a hot-button issue right now, is is wait times that people are experiencing across the province for ambulance, right? Uh, there was uh, a number of different, you know, anecdotal pieces that have been put out there. I saw one about uh, someone who broke their hip at the Burnaby Skytrain and left waiting for more than an hour for an ambulance. And, and these stories, I guess, are not uncommon at this point in time. What is the contributing factors right now that are really leading to some of these increased wait times? I mean, you mentioned to me before we started recording here that it's kind of the perfect storm between the pandemic, the overdose crisis, and just some of the overall fatigue we're seeing right now from paramedics because of all they're having to, to deal with and respond to. Uh, what, what are some of the major issues right now? Is it, is it a staffing concern or what is causing some of these increased wait times that are being experienced in different corners of the province? Yeah, and you pretty much hit it on the head. I call it the triple threat. You know, you mentioned the opiate crisis as well as the, uh, uh, you know, the, the challenges we've seen with COVID, not just for paramedics and dispatchers, but uh, society. Um, it's exposed our vulnerabilities and, uh, and, and, and that, but uh, specific to our staffing and workload challenges and recruitment and retention. I think there's a couple areas, and you mentioned it's not just a big city thing that's getting a lot of attention. We're seeing delays across the province, not just in the metro Vancouver area, which obviously is one of our highlight areas because of our volume down in the coast. But, uh, you know, we're seeing it in the Kamloops, the Kelowna's, the even in the rural and rural communities where we can't staff the uh, ambulances because of the largely on-call um, uh, service delivery model of uh, you know, a lower stipend to the $2 an hour uh, payment while you wait for an ambulance call in the in the smaller communities which are you know in your listening area as well you know the logan lakes and the and the barriers clearwater those rural and remote communities that uh, experience challenges in recruiting paramedics so that's probably our really our biggest challenge right now is that getting people into the profession because of our um outdated service delivery model of uh, probably about 75 percent of the province relies on a essentially a volunteer $2 an hour model that uh, is not enticing people into the uh, profession. That uh, And that's probably our really our biggest point uh, of, uh, of challenge that we're seeing. So recruitment issues, that's, that's one factor. But what about people who are already, you know, in the profession, are paramedics? Uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen stories where people who are, you know, they spend a whole bunch of time inside the ambulance responding to calls and, and doing great work. But there comes a point where you just need to take some time off. And if you're being called in, maybe you're just saying, you know what, I need I need some time to, to, to de debrief and, and calm myself and sort of think about other things as opposed to these emergencies I'm constantly dealing with. I mean, is it a difficulty, too, in just getting shifts filled, even when they are available with people who are already trained and ready to go? Yeah, and you just hit the second part of that is, uh, you know, we have the spots. The government's done a very good job of uh, adding uh, 
resources. We have the ambulances and we have the dispatch seats. We have the funding. Um, we're having trouble filling the spots uh, internally. Um, to Paramedics just are not able to uh, uh, take on the extra shifts. There's the vacancies. And, you know, and you mentioned our, our mental health and wellness. Um, we're seeing incredible amounts of uh, mental health injuries amongst paramedics and dispatchers across the province. Uh, you know, I've been meeting with WorkSafe BC, um, and we're seeing some of the highest industry standard or industry numbers for uh, workers off, uh, paramedics and dispatchers off with mental health or seeking treatment while they're uh, continuing to work. And that's definitely, um, you know, definitely affecting their wellness, but it's definitely hurting our ability to uh, fill shifts as well. So, um, that's that's an, another significant problem. And then our recruitment spots into Vancouver. So without people coming in the door, our movement around uh, administratively within the service to fill the full-time intake areas like the lower mainland and the bigger centres proves challenging as well. So it's kind of a, a multi-pronged uh, situation. Fortunately, I've had some uh, opportunities to meet with the government over the last month, and I'm, I'm seeing some movement and acknowledgement uh, that they're supporting us in helping the BC Ambulance Service or BCEHS uh, uh, move along with uh, some some seriously addressing these issues. And so I'm hoping something's going to come in the near future that will help us finally address these things that I've been sounding the alarm on for over a year. Yeah, and I was just going to ask that exact question. You know, from from the uh, union's point of view, like what can the government truly do to, to help with the situation right now? You kind of just skimmed over them, but if you, I was wondering if maybe, maybe you could be a little more specific in some of the things that you are actually calling for for the government to, to start putting into motion here. Yeah, so we've been trying to work with uh, BCEHS leadership and PHSA, which is the health authority that oversees uh, British Columbia Emergency Health Services. Um, and we've had an opportunity over the last couple of months to meet with Minister Dix and his staff, uh, and we put together briefing papers just on how we can solution to recruit into the profession. Um, you know, it's a little bit like other trades and professions. When you have a supply and demand issue, you need to get creative, and that's where we put together solutions for that. And I've had a real acknowledgement from the minister and uh, wanting to address these long-term as well as some short-term uh, immediate fixes that are solution-based, that are uh, going to be meaningful. So. That's, that's an encouragement. Uh, we're also uh, working on some significant staffing additions of conversions of full-time positions across the province and primarily in a lot of urban and rural and remote communities. So those are good things, but we still need to address the intake. And, and that's where we're in negotiation right now and, and conversations about how we can address getting people into this great profession that I, I love. I've been doing it 33 years. Uh, a lot of it in the Kamloops area. They'll consider Kamloops home, even though I've spent a lot of time around the province. So... Um, I know intimately what we, we see in the Thompson, uh, Shushwap and uh, Kamloops area. Mm -hmm. so. uh, Troy, I wanted to ask a little bit just about the, the overdose crisis specifically here and some of the concerns that, uh, you know, are being felt with responding to so many overdose calls on such a regular basis. I believe the number right now across the province is somewhere around 90 overdose calls per day. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that's, of course, BC-wide, and I'm sure, you know, Kamloops itself is probably seeing one to two of those at the very minimum per day. I know when we have our scanner going off, sometimes we hear four or five uh, overdose calls being made in a given day. Just how much of a drain is that on the system? You know, obviously these are emergencies, so I'm not taking that away from this, but yeah. just, you know, we're seeing 
the same calls come in over and over and over again, and, and they're not necessarily the easiest calls to deal with when, when we're talking about the use of fentanyl and all the protections that paramedics need to make sure they're adhering to before they respond to those kinds of calls. I mean, that's just to be a real drain on, on paramedics and, and the, the ambulance uh, paramedics of BC. Yeah, you're, you're bang on. I mean, you're right on your numbers. The averaging that we're seeing now is up to uh, 90 on average across the province, which is between five and six deaths a day. And you're, you're bang on. I haven't seen the recent Kamloops numbers, but the last ones that came out from the provincial coroners and the, and the um, PHO was down those lines. And we're experiencing in Kamloops. I talked to my colleagues in, uh, in Kamloops and the paramedics on the street and the dispatchers, and we're seeing... Uh, average or above average uh, numbers in Kamloops. And, you know, when we talk about numbers, I think the real impact that you say, how do paramedics deal with that is that those are real people. They're mm-hmm. families. They're not, uh, you know, it's not a downtown east side problem. These are real people that are, you know, I don't think any one of us can say, whether you're in emergency service or first responders, that uh, they don't know somebody that's been impacted by this fentanyl and opiate crisis. And um, and that's real in our community of Kamloops. Um, and, you know, that takes a toll on paramedics. When you're, when you're resuscitating people or, or sometimes not in, in tragic situations, and the chaos and the impacts on the family and friends and the scenes, um, you know, and then you take that with you every day. And then when I think what paramedics see is that, uh, you know, it's not getting better. We all had hopes that, uh, you know, that uh, education and and, uh, programs would support this. So I think there really needs to be a society, uh, a better way of, uh, first of all, preventing it, but also supporting people and uh, recovery. That's really, I think it's a multi-pronged approach, and there's better people than me can uh, draft policy on that. But I think it's bigger than just, you know, paramedics responding in society. We need to really look at this and, and do the best because uh, it is impacting you know i i don't want to take away from how it's impacting us on the streets but uh it's impacting families and lives and and uh that that's really tragic and we see it every day and it definitely takes a toll on on our members and, and the paramedics and other first responders and police and fire that are also involved in these calls and you know bystanders and the impacts are wide-ranging um and it's it's tragic i, I i've seen a lot of it and my members and uh it it affects our wellness there's no question yeah i I guess what's the the message out there from the paramedics of bc just in a general sense when it comes to the overdose crisis you know one of the things that we've talked about throughout the course of this pandemic is the the toxic supply that has been uh, made yeah. worse as a result of, of supply chains, right? Not being able to receive things from across the border. But I don't think that's what we're talking about in terms of a solution here, right? Just having, you know, safer illicit drugs, I don't think is is what everyone wants to see. It's how do we respond to these better and, and help people who are dealing with this. So I know we're not talking about a recovery standpoint. That's not what paramedics are about. But just in terms of using in a safe manner, what is sort of the, the message you guys have? So a couple of key things, and that's exactly it. Uh, you know, we're there to judge. We don't want people um, worrying that calling an ambulance might uh, judge them or that. And so I think that's key. If we're there for support. If people are going to use, you know, we've seen through COVID uh, isolation, and we know that that can bring on mental health challenges, but also addiction when people are alone, that uh, it all is intertwined. And we want to support people and make sure that they reach out to each other when they can. Um, and, you know, uh, and then the other key thing is if you are going to use, don't use alone. Um, and try as best you can to know where your supply is coming from. 
but also don't use a loan and also get the uh, lifeguard app uh, and make sure you have access to naloxone kits they're free and accessible in the community and uh, and you know dial 911 for support when you need help uh, or when you're in question whether you need support um, and you know if, if you're seeing the mental health challenge reach out to those supports um, and where possible also you know we need to look at ways that all of us, including the Ambulance Paramedics of BC and, and our members, can help support with recovery programs and support in the community and build the policy that will help. You know, we're, we're not going to be able to eliminate drugs, but how can we do better is really the question. And, I, and we're all in as the paramedics in the profession, um, and I think we can be part of that conversation for solutions because we've experienced it and we know firsthand the impacts. Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, uh, Troy, I think I've taken up enough of your time here, but I really appreciate you taking the taking a few minutes to, to come on and speak to me. I know this is a, an issue, a couple of different issues that we talked about that are very top yeah. of mind right now for British Columbians. So uh, I really appreciate your insight and thanks for this. I appreciate the opportunity. Anytime uh, I can help out and, uh, you know, all these conversations are very good to have and, you know, we're, they're tough to have, but I think that asking them and uh, raising public's awareness of the challenges we're facing uh, is important. But we want the public to know that we're there and, uh, and we're there to support them in their times of need. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Troy. appreciate your time. That's uh, Troy Clifford there, president of the Ambulance Paramedics of British Columbia. Yeah, the overdose, it just... The problems roll on, right? They just don't ever seem to stop. Uh, the month of April here in Kamloops, seven suspected overdose deaths reported. That was the second straight month. Um, so that's uh, March and April both showing uh, seven overdose deaths in Kamloops. Um, he talked about how there's about 90 overdose calls per day across BC, and Kamloops is average or higher than average when it comes to that. It's really difficult to to talk about because we've I've, i feel like this conversation has been going on for years upon years upon years i was talking about it earlier last hour with with mayor christian when i had him on and we talked about the 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 um application that was put forward formally from the the city of vancouver to health canada to be able to decriminalize a small amount of illicit drugs and i know that you know cops police officers across the province already sort of take that practice, right? They don't really charge people for having a small amount of illicit drugs because they're, it doesn't help anybody to throw someone in jail for, you know, having a small amount of possession when they're, you know, dealing with substance abuse problems and mental health issues, throwing them in a jail cell is not going to help them. But what else can be done, man? Like I just, I just want to see some action taken and it feels like the conversations are great. The conversations are important. We're talking about the issue and we're trying to figure out what solutions might be out there. I'm so sick of the talking, though. Where's the action? I mean, I can't imagine being a paramedic and having to wonder how many overdose calls I might have to respond to on a given day. And there's days that are worse than others. I, I mentioned it. Sometimes, um, you know, when we know that the the money is delivered to, to people who are, you know, maybe on welfare or whatever the case may be. Sometimes on those days, you, you hear the call being made more frequently. It's sad. It's so sad. And all we do is spin our wheels. That's how I feel about it. Anyway, hopefully things will improve and hopefully the city of Vancouver gets its wish. And then from there, maybe we'll start to see some other fallout from that.